Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears. A proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one, one chapter, chapter at, at a time. time. This episode of The Read-Along is brought to you by The Shared Mic. Everyone has a story. The narratives of Edmontonians provide a rich patchwork of experiences that make our city a beautiful place to call home. A local podcast by age-friendly Edmonton, The Shared Mic, Conversations for the Ages, is providing a platform for Edmontonians of different ages and backgrounds to share their stories. Listen to riveting intergenerational conversations on topics including cultivating friendships, building careers, exploring virtual theater, volunteerism, and much more. The Shared Mic launches October 5th and is available on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Shared Mic is brought to you by the Edmonton Seniors Coordinating Council and the City of Edmonton. Happy birthday to me. Almost. Uh, No. Uh, When this podcast comes out, it is my birthday. Yes, but we are recording it before then. So I am preemptively future congratulating myself on having survived a year. It's true. Happy birthday to you, my love. I mean, that's exciting. That's something exciting. It is. And what better present could I have asked for for my birthday than a new book? Ah. New book alert. New book. Fresh book smell. Yeah. Cracking open a new novel for the first time, for the eighth time, (laughs) here on The Read Along. Gently, so as to leave the spine intact. As, As intact as possible. You hear this? Maybe. Fresh book. That's fresh book. That's the the sound of fresh book. Yeah. And Nita is very excited to to get into it. I love a fresh book. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I think we should not necessarily reenact, but tell people about the conversation we had earlier today. You grabbed the book to go read it, and you said, oh, you read the first chapter. How was it? And my answer was, uh... Yeah. That was that was Anita's answer to how did you find the first chapter? So and then later Scott brought the book back upstairs and said that was a really good first chapter. Yeah. So allow me to explain. I read this chapter at about six a.m. after not quite enough sleep uh, because the baby was up early this morning. So I was not in the correct headspace for the tone and style of this book. It was uh, it was not what I was expecting going into it, but I'm I was pleased by what we got. Oh yes, uh, now that I am more awake and have processed it for a little bit, it was very good. Okay, I'll, I'll agree with you there. It was good, but first thing in the morning, I my brain was not ready. So maybe first thing in the morning is not when Nita should be reading her chapter. Probably not. Yeah, yeah, but I guess that is. A good enough segue to uh, lead us into our discussion of Chapter 1 of Black Leopard, Red Wolf by Marlon James. Did you, by any chance, read through the cast of characters or, or take a look at the map? I did, and I did. And I comprehended very little of it. I mean, yeah, we're going to get to know the characters as we go. 
But uh, it's... I did have to go back and reference at least once. There you go. And uh, I did glance at the map a few times. But most of the stuff that our protagonist talks about in this chapter is not really on the map. It's not kind of <laughs> like he's telling different stories. Yeah. And we kind of start at the end. That is my first note is we begin at the end. Yeah. This is one of those uh, dude in prison regaling his tale yeah. of how he got there. So Tracker, as we will come to know, yes. that that is our main character. I mean, spoiler alert, it was on the back of the book. No, exactly. But, uh, but we do find out over the course of the chapter that this is indeed Tracker. He is starting our story off in a cell. He speaks of a boy who is dead and how his only regret is that he was not the one who killed him. So, I mean... So we're off to a great start. That is definitely a uh, an enticing hook <laughs> <laughs> to get us into the story. See, hold on, if I may. The first two sentences of this book are, the child is dead, there is l nothing left to know. Well... Except for the rest of the book. Book over. Thanks yeah. for coming out, everybody. Yeah. Uh, no, there's apparently a great deal much more to know, and uh, we're going to get to know it. Um, and so is the inquisitor priest i'm not sure that tracker is talking to but let's be fair he's he's talking to a character but we are that character oh yes yeah he is talking to us well okay he calls him inquisitor with a capital i as though it is a title uh, right yeah that would be and, and i mean he mentions a grand inquisitor <clears throat> at one point yes as being involved in his story mm -hmm. so. and he also calls him a uh, priest but not capitalized so that's not a title so it's Maybe it's his job? Maybe. Which led me to question, why is this person here? Why is Tracker telling his story to this person? Probably to account for himself before punishment? Well, maybe. For murder? So, but if, if it is some manner of priest, however they define that in this book, is someone coming to give him his last rites? Or are they trying to get a confession out of him? I would assume that a confession would be what a Grand Inquisitor is looking for, or an Inquisitor, just a regular one. Makes sense. Um, last rites or a confession, just like relieve your burden confession, right, that's would what be more I... of a priest. Either way, it's the kind of person you confide in. Yeah, that's where we're at. <laughs> yeah. Now, he mentions that he's already killed and or maimed his cellmates after they ganged up on him. Yeah, um, only one of them survived. So that someone would live to tell the tale. Yes. And this kind of sets up our cred for our protagonist here. He is a skilled and dirty fighter. He knows how to scrap. And it was graphic and gross. Over the course of this chapter, it becomes very clear that Tracker is the kind of guy who's not squeamish around violence. No. And kind of revels in it a little bit. So I can understand why he would talk about the terrible things he did to his cellmates in such... Glowing and evocative terms. Because he's proud detail. of himself. He's proud of himself. Mm -hmm. This this is a fantasy action movie. Tracker also introduces us to his nose. Um, <laughs> he's a skilled hunter because he can, basically, he scents like a hound. Yeah, he has a, uh, like, a very heightened sense of smell. Yeah, and this is, he is explicitly likened to a hound by his first client, mm -hmm. which he tells us about yeah. shortly. Um, he tracks down an unfaithful wife, and he kind of plays both sides on this story. Uh, he does return her for payment, but then kind of informs her to kill her husband and how to do it. Does it say she's an unfaithful wife? I Whether thought she or not, was just she gone. Was a, she was a runaway wife. The It was kind of framed as she was, quote unquote, unfaithful. Oh, in, the, okay. in the sense that she was unfaithful for having left her abusive husband. Oh, fair enough. So maybe 
me using the term unfaithful was was not accurate there. Either way. Either way. Tracker clearly sympathizes with her because he's like, by the way, you should totally talk to that lady who uh, uses the poison and poison that dude. Yeah. Like ASAP. I'm going to I'm gonna take you back because that's my job, but this guy's terrible, so you should do something about yeah. that. Yeah. So our hero is a bit of an anti-hero. He's, uh, he's not heartless, but he is mercenary. Okay. So you're going to need to explain something to me because sometimes for me, the the lines are a little gray. Yeah. What is the difference between a trope? And a cliche. I mean, the one one walks hand in hand with the other. I know. But this, uh, you know, cold bad guy who actually, you know, does right, heart of gold kind of person, is that a trope? It's definitely a trope. Or is it a cliche because we see it a lot? What makes a cliche is uh, generally going to be a little subjective because it's what you're tired of, right? Fair enough. Um, or what's been overdone. I don't know that an anti-hero has necessarily been overdone yet. I don't think we've seen every shade of anti-hero at this point. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a trope, though. Okay. That's that's a thing. Tropes are just literary shorthand, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. I know what they are. It's the line It's the line between those two that's a little fuzzy for me. And I mean, again, but they, if it, if they it walk a, hand in hand. Yeah, if it's a subjective thing, then there but we go. But cliches are not necessarily bad either. No, no, they're not. A, hard, a gritty, hard-boiled detective is a cliche, but... It can still make for a good story. It's true. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of stories, Tracker tells us a second story at this juncture. He tells a story a little bit about his background. Apparently, he did get brought up by an abusive father. Mm -hmm. And he tells us a story about the time that he played a game of Bowo against his father. Yeah. And I can't tell if it's it's like chess or if it's like Mancala. It is a Mancala game. Okay. Uh, It is a real game, actually. Is it really? He did (gasps) not make up Bowo. Oh, that's exciting. It's a variant of the Moncala board game. Okay. Because there's no Moncala. Okay, yeah, fair uh, it's, enough. It's a style of game. And it's very common in in the real world in East Africa, mm-hmm. like across East Africa. I'm not using Africa as a shorthand for like a country. I mean, the entire continent, which is quite large, many of the countries in the East play this variant of it. Oh, okay, cool. It is considered one of the most complex and strategic variants. Ooh. Indeed. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware... A Moncala-style game uh, is basically the oldest board game still played. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, the earliest ones have been dated back to about the 7th century, and it is still played largely unchanged to today. Cool. So it is one of the oldest board games ever. Cool. Yeah. But Bawo is a real variant of that. That's so, awesome. Yeah. This story about his dad, for the record, ends with him either having killed or crippled his father. <laughs> Depending on which ending you choose to believe, I guess, because he gives both endings. Yeah, and then he gets essentially kicked out, quote unquote, by his mom that night. But it's more like, uh, hey, thanks for killing that dude. You need to go. Yeah. I'm a little surprised that uh, the way he spoke about his mother, there was no emotional connection there. No, he, he really wasn't very connected to his family and clearly does not regret having turned his back on it and walked away. To the point where he even left behind, he says he left behind everything that was owned by his father. His clothes, his name. Even even his name. Yeah. And, and he has just gone by Tracker basically ever since. Mm-hmm. And it's been so long now that he doesn't even remember his real name. <laughs> also the implication that he leaves behind the trappings of civilization goes back to like an older way of living. Yes. <laughs> like shedding everything. Like tools, like, clothes, like leaving everything walks, behind. Walks naked into the woods to survive that way. Yeah, and yeah. does and thrives. Oh, yeah. So. Because he's learned how to fight, right? He can look after himself now. Yep. 
And then he tells us a final story, which introduces us to the fantasy elements of this world, because it is a story of magic and ghosts and spirits and is awesome. Yeah. Our, uh, what I liked about the three stories he tells is the first one is very much character building. Mm-hmm. The second one is a nice mix of character and world building mm-hmm. for me. And the third one is mostly world building with a little bit of character inside it. Yeah. Uh, it's a nice transition between character and world across these three stories. So the third story is basically about him being hired by a grieving queen to find her dead king. Yes. And everyone's like, uh, this is crazy. You should not do this. But he does it anyway. And he's so good, he succeeds. Yes. He is guided to a spirit realm by a witch and mermaids. And when he arrives, the king is like, um, mm. I ain't going anywhere. Summons a bunch of demons, the Omaluzu, from, uh, an, uh, demons from an earlier age. Oh, well, we're going to have to put like pronunciation disclaimers on some of these episodes. Yeah, we're assuming that we're pronouncing some yeah. of these correctly. We will do our best. We are... Making our effort. <laughs> yes. Uh, but the Omaluzu are demons who walk on the roof. Yeah, ceiling ceiling demons. Yeah. Uh, so you're safe if you're outside. Yes, because they cannot walk on open sky. Indeed. They get chased out of the out of the palace and then back through the. Uh, yeah, he basically drags back to the, the realm king of the living. Yeah, back to the land of the living. And uh, guesses that the king is probably going to kill himself again within a week because his wife is awful. Yes. So. I wonder if it's important that he drowned himself. Maybe. Maybe that's Does how that he ended matter? up in that weird undersea kingdom. Maybe. Because remember the kingdom. Yeah, he had to go. He had to follow the. Well, he, he called followed them, mermaids. He fo- called them uh, fish women. Yeah. They <laughs> like, were mermaids. Yeah, I know. I like that he called them fish women. Uh, and he followed them for days. Through, yeah, through the through water. This river. And then through a wall of water. Mm-hmm. And then. At some point, he wasn't in the water anymore, but he kind of still was. And he was in this underground kingdom. He yeah. grabs his king, he drags him back. Yeah. And it takes longer to get there than it does to get back. Yeah. Which I thought was fascinating. Because it's a weird spirit realm. Oh, yeah. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's basically where it ends off. Tracker kind of sets us up for the rest of the story with that. And uh, presumably, we'll learn more about this child. Maybe in the next chapter. I assume so. This seems like a major plot point, so yeah. they don't want to hold it off too long. But I thought it was a pretty evocative introductory chapter, as, as we kind of already touched on at mm-hmm. the beginning. Um, it firmly introduces us to our character. It gives us a little taste of this of this magical world oh, he exists in. a delicious taste of this world. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to learn more. Mm-hmm. My only concern about this book now <laughs> is that I had an awkward first impression, which was my fault. Mm-hmm. For reading it in a groggy state first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Also, I feel like this is going to be a lot like reading uh, Tolkien <laughs> or uh, George R. R. Martin, where the world is going to be very vast and very complex and full of characters that I cannot keep track of. Well, that's why there's a handy guide at the beginning. I know. But mid-chapter, I hate being broken from my immersion and my engagement to go look something up because I don't remember who is related to who and what this word means. Well, I will remind you that uh, when we started A Memory Called Empire, we had a pronunciation guide. Oh, that's true. Because we were going to be dealing with a lot of Nahuatl. That was that was good times. So, And I mean, we muddled our way through that, so hopefully we'll do okay here. I promise I will do my best. Yeah. Uh, 
Marlon James, uh, obviously now tuning into our podcast for the first time. Oh, big fan. We will, uh, we will definitely <laughs> do our best, and we apologize for anything that we mispronounce along the way. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to chapter two. Yeah, this. Uh, it's a good start. This one, this one's going to be like a, a real thick and juicy novel. I'm pretty sure. I have confidence. Really sink our teeth into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one, one thing that I did note. In the first chapter, motif-wise so far, there's a lot of talk about love, especially in the third tale that Tracker spins. He talks about how uh, there is no love in him, that he doesn't have room for love, that he is never, like, yeah, that, and, and the, king, the king is even like, you're more dead than the dead people in this kingdom. Like, that's... Like, it's, not, it's not that he talks of love like you would expect him to, Yeah, right? He talks about his absence of love. Yeah, like this empty void and I can't love help, should be. Yeah, I can't help but wonder if that's setting something up if that's planting a seed for something no oh, maybe yeah we will find maybe out. maybe the beginning of some character growth for him <gasps> indeed an arc you say well, that would be great wow yeah <laughs> all right well let's um let's put a pin in things there not much to discuss yet because we've only just gotten into the book oh we've only scratched the surface i'm but, sure uh but yeah i'm excited to see where we go next so yeah. We'll read up on that in time for next week, as, as so as, should you. As should you, yes. In the meantime, if there's uh, local news that you're interested in keeping up on, you're going to have to turn to a local news outlet wherever you happen to live. But if you happen to live in Edmonton like we do, there is one local news source who have been a firm supporter of the Alberta Podcast Network for quite some time. Anita is about to tell you about them. I'm going to read a thing. This episode of The Read Along is brought to you by Taproot Edmonton, your source for curiosity-driven coverage of our city, cultivated by the community. Taproot publishes a weekly media roundup, sharing the latest news, events, openings, and updates on media, public relations, and communications in Edmonton. It's curated by Linda Huang, a well-known communicator with experience in both journalism and communications, and host of Don't Call Me a Guru, a fellow member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Subscribe to the Media Roundup for free at taprootedmonton.ca. Taproot Edmonton. Woohoo! A couple of weeks ago, we did an ad for a local um, belt company. Yeah, a company called Unbelts. Yeah, and uh, we're about to give them a little bit of a free shout-out here because they sent us some stuff. Yeah, uh... I was unaware this was going to happen. I didn't realize that they were doing like a, I guess it was a promotion for the podcast network. We got a three pack of masks from them to try out for free. Yeah. It was really awesome. Uh, and I told Scott I wanted to do this shout out because I tried out their masks and they're pretty great. Like I suffer from a lot of glasses fog when I breathe because, you know. That's sometimes what happens. But they have that fun nose piece. And if you get it just right, no fog. No fog. And they have these cool, stretchy, elastic, like around the head elastics that are totally adjustable and very comfortable. I am like pleased with these masks. They're great. Yeah. Um, and this, again, this is an unsolicited shout out for them. I was just pleased with their stuff and I wanted to say thank you for these awesome masks. Indeed. So uh, there you go, unbelts. I liked them so much, I gave one to my dad. Yeah, it's a, a little recommendation. If you're uh, if you're in Edmonton or uh, really anywhere that they ship, I don't know exactly where they ship, they do make a fine mask. They do. Yeah. Very so, pleased. Something to, something to look into. While you're looking into that, you can also look into other fine podcasts to put in your ear holes. 
Uh, you can find a whole variety of them at the Alberta Podcast Network. Uh, there's going to be something there for you that you're going to like, guaranteed. Absolutely. That we don't only just talk about Alberta, and though the ads tend to be a little Alberta-based. If you're some kind of superhuman, you could do twice as many by listening to two different pods in each ear. Only if you're some kind of superhuman, though, because that would just mess with me. Is this uh, just you're not selling it for you? You're pointing in my ears? And uh, Where's my camera? <laughs> for our viewers at home, Nita's making an obvious gesture showing how, how one can listen to two podcasts two at podcasts once. Two podcasts at once. Um, you can uh, find those podcasts right now at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Also find them on your podcatcher of choice while you're there. If you have been listening and enjoying to the podcast... Uh, maybe give us a little rating and a review. That helps us out. It sure does. It'd yeah. be nice. Yeah, it would be nice. Just tell us how we're doing. You could also tell us how we're doing via social media. Yes, we are at the read along on most of the social medias. Uh, our main ones being uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. You can also send us an email. We are the read along at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, we love you very much. And we'll see you next time for more fresh book smell. Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. All read-along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on goodreads.com.